Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, I'm Tim Harrison. I'm the Managing Director of Iron and Career Arts. I'm here today to talk about what's been happening with the Makutu project, um, recent developments in looking at the refinery, um, a standalone heavy rare earth separation refining asset, uh, and a general update on the exploration results and the work program going forward. Good man, Tim. I could see you. Uh, so, beginning of May, uh, you have been busy. So, appreciate you coming back on. So, um, when we spoke last, the market did not react well to um, some numbers you put out around the resource. Right, you had to do some scoping studies, but you weren't allowed to talk about inferred numbers anymore. People got a bit of a shock. Have they got over it? Um, whether or not they've got over it, I mean, the reality is that uh, things move on. Um, we're working towards getting the feasibility study now uh, completed. So we're, we're well into the, the process of increasing the indicated and measured resource base for the project moving forward. Um, a lot of drilling underway. Um, we've recently done some exploration drilling, which has indicated that the, the overall mineralisation system at Makutu is going to get a lot bigger. Um, so I think we just continue to, to you know, add value for shareholders and um, build a, a very, very large project for the future. Okay, so you're focused on getting that scale and proving the scale. So you're doing drilling. You talked about exploration drilling, infill drilling as well? That's right. So we've done um, the phase three drilling, which was some reconnaissance uh, RAB drilling. Um, we drilled about 1,200 metres across the exploration targets of the project. Those results were very encouraging. Um, we've basically hit rare earth um, uh, mineralised clay out to the east, which has defined that very large radiometric anomaly. So that's a, that's a huge result for the company. Um, We've also identified continuity of, um, of clay zones and, and rare earth mineralisation between the radiometric anomalies that we previously targeted. So the likelihood is that we've got a lot more clay there um, in the previously tested areas. And we've also identified a new area to the northwest. Um, we've pegged some new ground. Um, and we'll look at uh, doing some initial test work just to understand the ionic adsorption uh, content of that of that mineralization. And once we've got some results back on that, we'll um, we're potentially looking at drilling some of those targets uh, in 2022. Um, right now, we're in the phase four infill drill program, uh, 5,700 metres of drilling to increase the indicated and measured resource base at Makutu. And that's effectively working towards increasing that resource base for the feasibility study. Okay, I mean that's the bit most people are going to be interested in. Certainly, people perhaps a little bit less experienced than uh, some of some of the people watching this is they want to know this infill drilling. The purpose of it is to increase the size of the MNI category, bring inferred into MNI. That's that's what you're doing. So tell me, you know, how much money, how much more money, how much more drilling, and you know, what's the potential? Okay, so um, so the phase four drilling, 5,700 metres of drilling. Um, we've drilled about 3,700 metres already. Um, the plan is to increase the, the that measured and, and indicated resource base up to something in the order of somewhere between 15 and 20 years that can support the um, feasibility study for the project. I mean, we could keep drilling this thing out for, for the next 18 months, two years. Um, we know it's a massive deposit. 
you know, we only need to really define enough for the next 15 to 20 years of, of the project. Okay, I think that's a really important point to make because, as you say, you don't want to be wasting money doing stuff where you've already done enough to get this thing financed. I read recently that you're also talking about the optionality of actually putting up a heavy rare earth refinery. Uh, is that serious or is that just trying to catch the eye of the market? No, it's a very serious initiative. Um, you know, a lot of the strategic partners or potential groups that we've been talking with are very interested in the Makutu basket. Um, by us going downstream, we're providing a, a solution for them to take our product and supply that directly into the, the downstream applications in US, UK, Europe that are looking for these critical raw materials to help move um, towards carbon neutrality. So um, first off, you've got to be able to produce the product. We've got it. Um, we're going to have a deposit that's going to produce it for potentially 30 plus years. It makes sense for us to also build the, the heavy rare earth refining capacity um, and to, to maximise the, the value of the product for the next 30 years. Why talk about it now? Why wasn't it in the original plan? Oh, look, I think uh, initially we had a lot on our plate just getting Makutu and the scoping study to the point where we, we had some, some robust numbers to move forward. We now know that the project's a lot bigger than we had previously anticipated. Um, the driver's there for us to, to look at going further um, we've obviously had a lot of interesting discussions with potential groups as well. So um, effectively, the moons are aligning. Um, it's a great time to do it. Um, and I think, yeah, the time is now for us to move forward and, and try and provide that mine to, to market um, heavy rare earth supply chain. See, this is why I'm intrigued by it, because it, you know, it's quite eye-catching. Um, there's a lot of rare earth companies saying, oh, we're trying to extricate ourselves from the, the potential of the... Uh, being inside the Chinese ecosystem for rare earths, right? We're going to stand on our own. We're talking to Europe. We're talking to the North American market. But to, to do the refining, you're going to need the skills necessary. You're going to need to be able to raise the capital to do it. You're going to need the time um, to, you know, get get that up, built up and running and into market and w whatever your route into market is. So. It's a lot of moving parts, though. Do you need that headache right now? Well, I see it a little bit differently. I think um, Makutu, we go straight from mine, um, produce a mixed rare earth carbonate, 70% payability. That's the first step. The second step would be to look at a refinery. Um, so we're not planning on having that uh, operational in 2024 when Makutu is operating. There'll be a lag. It's going to take us time to develop that asset. But if we start now, um, it's going to shorten the, the lead time on us being able to, to develop that asset. So um, for us, the, the time is good for uh, and the opportunity and the demand is there. Um, so it's a great opportunity for the company to, to, to start testing the water, um, looking at potential locations globally. We want to find the best location um, that works for not only ourselves, but potential strategic partners. Um, and so, you know, initiating the scoping study makes sense. So who are you going to be working with um, on, well, in fact, what, explain the, 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 this, this, the phasing of this, this, this. You've introduced the concept. So how, how, how do you actually go about doing it? So at the moment we've done, we've initiated test work. We've got process modelling underway. We're working with a, a group um, who has previously worked in this space before. So we're developing a process model um, to provide us with the inputs that we need to develop a capital and operating cost estimate for um, a heavy rare earth separation facility. 
the capital estimate for a, a plant that can take our product, separate the rare earths and refine it, is you know nowhere near as capital intensive as the requirements would be for a, a light rare earth mineral concentrate. So for us, it's not a huge capital imposition for the company, um, but it does create a huge amount of additional revenue. Um, and potentially with that asset, it enables us to look at bringing other heavy rare earth products that maybe other producers of the future, not going to have the quantities that justify them building a heavy rare earth facility. But for us, you know, we're going to have that plant. There's an opportunity for us to bring that product in, maximise the revenue from that and, and build you know, a supply chain um, closely with, with potential strategic partners. So, um, you know, a huge opportunity and, and one that the company's very excited by. You're not using it as a, as a tool to kind of get some leverage over the Chinese markets. Last time we spoke, you said the obvious, obvious route for you is into, the, into, into China. And they will be net importers. That, that seems to be the data that's coming through. So is, is this just a, a, a bargaining tool that you're using? Uh, I think the obvious route for us, the first step, the lowest uh, or the easiest entry for us to get into production in 2024 is to go and sell the product to the people that want it today. That's the Chinese. They've got the plants. They've got the spare capacity. You know, we've signed the non-binding MOU with Chinelco, uh, China Rarus, Jiangsu. They need 12 months of DD. They know this project's real. Um, so for us, you know, getting a, a, an arrangement or working with a group, um, getting into production, supplying that into a market today makes sense. Longer term, as I mentioned earlier, we've got an asset that's going to have a life of around about 30 plus years. So over that 30 plus years, there's a massive opportunity to get an extra 30% payability on the product. And given that the, the product that Makutu is going to make, that the individual heavy rare earths are going to be in scarce supply in the future, uh, it's logical to think that the pricing is going to go up. Therefore, there's going to be more upside for the company long term. So I think, you know, realistically, looking at a refinery, looking at a standalone asset makes sense, provides us with the optionality. We can then choose whatever way we want to move forward, what works for us, what works for strategic partners, um, I think it's the logical thing to do. Right, but you, you get you get my point. But if you don't have that competitive tension with your, you know, say Chanelco or or similar, um, they're in the driving seat. This potentially gives you a bit more optionality for the rest of the market, which changes the nature of your conversation with a Chanelco, for instance. Yeah, th th that's right. It does. It provides an alternative route. Um, for the, the the project to, to you know monetize the asset, so um, it, it makes sense. I mean, we're we're here to to maximize the value of the project for shareholders. I think that this is the the best way for us to to do that. Um, we can get seventy percent payability of a of a product that's likely to go up in value substantially over the next thirty years, or we can get a hundred percent. So to me, it, it's, yeah, it's good business. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. We've seen we've seen companies kind of come, you know, get caught out by not doing something similar. I'm not, I'm not saying you are doing it. I'm just asking a question if it, if it does do that. Um, let's talk about the, the technical aspect because again, for for, for newbies into uh, rare earth space, it's a difficult concept to understand. How advanced is the technology around ionic adsorption clay? Is it something that you guys will eventually be able to sort out or you know do you need that strategic partner to come in at you know 
at the get-go and help you get over the line? Because otherwise you're just digging stuff out of the ground and, and, and flipping it on. Yeah, look, I mean, we're, we're building the capability now. We're planning on doing a demonstration plant and field trials in country next year. Um, that will give us an opportunity to, to better look at the, the scaling up of the, of the project, optimisation. Um, we'll, I mean, every deposit's unique and different. Um, you know, you have to tailor the conditions and the um, individual unit operations to try and maximise the recoveries. Makuta will be no different. Um, we'll learn a lot over that uh, 12 months of demonstration phase next year. That'll support the feasibility study. It should de-risk the ramp up of the project, get us into production, um, and then away we go. I think when we look at the refining aspects, you know, we are working with a group who've um, got a lot of expertise in this area. Um, we'll continue to, to improve, refine our knowledge. Um, you know, there's always the opportunity to bring in know-how. And I think that once the, the market understands just how um, confident we are and, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to be very successful. Markets have gone well. I was going to say sideways, they haven't. I think everyone's been absolutely spanked in the last week or so. Um, make you nervous? Oh, look, um, markets go up, markets go down. Um, you know, I, I think the reality is that we just keep working the program um, and the, the true quality of the Makutu asset will shine through in the long run. So um, we're not going to respond to day-to-day -day, uh, fluctuations. It's, you know, where we want to be in... Uh, 14 months time once we're submitting a mining license application at Makutu um, and then early in 2024 bring it to production so um, you know we're, we're firmly focused on just getting this thing into into operation. Now you're, you're sort of half the price of the dizzy heights of May April right so there's a bit of like there's been a reset right um, are you concerned about your ability to raise you know cash going forward I know the refinery is some ways down the line. We had some questions sent in about, oh, big dilution from refinery, but you're years away from, from that. What do you need to kind of keep things going for the next 18 months? Yeah, look, um, let's just address the, the dilution from refinery. Um, I think by the time we're building a refinery, um, we'll be generating a lot of cash out of Makutu. So I don't really see that as being a, a dilutionary event. Um, and I don't think the capital is going to be much more than probably what we're looking at to develop Makutu. So it's not going to be a, a very big price tag relative to, to some of the challenges that the hard rock peers have to deal with. Um, we've got 11.2 million in the bank. Um, so, you know, we're, we're funded, we've got enough money in the bank for us to be able to work the program that we've outlined for the feasibility study. Um, you know, we're firmly focused on getting the job done with the money that we've got in the bank. Um, you know, it's it's not really much more to say. Um, I think we've got a, a plan. We're working the plan. Um, we're always on the lookout for, for good opportunities. And um, I think, you know, potentially when it comes to the demonstration plant, that's something that I think will, will add a lot of value to the project. Um, it'll provide a lot more confidence to the market and uh, I think that coupled with the feasibility study, um, the market will get a lot more information and hopefully feel a lot more comfort 
with uh, the, the the path that the company's taking forward. Okay, you, okay. Message to shareholders is what? Yeah, I'm, we're going to deliver the plan. We're going to deliver the plan. But how do you guys stand out from the rest of the rare story? We're seeing to be there's simply a few popping up at the moment. It's getting a little bit exciting out there. There's some. You know, a lot of conversations out of the US, a lot of conversations about, oh, we're going to be ex-China, right? I think you've been quite candid and said, well, maybe eventually, but we don't need, we're not going to go down that path. What, why should shareholders be confident in your ability to deliver this story? Because things got exciting, you know, February, March, April, May, that you were excited, the market was excited. You're a, bit, a little more sanguine about it now? Uh, no, I don't think anything's really changed. Um what, what makes us different? What, why do we stand out? Well, baskets, number one. Um, we've got a basket, 73% critical plus heavies. You know, that's unique compared to everything else on the ASX um, and a lot of the other projects being developed worldwide. So our basket stands out. Capital-wise, um, we're, we're very low capital, so it means that it's a project that's actually going to get built. Um, you know, we've got a fraction of the capital requirements that, that a lot of other projects have got. Um, so that, that means that, you know, it's going to be easier for us to raise that funding. I mean, funding at the best of times is, is a challenge, but uh, I'd rather be trying to raise $90 million than $900 million. Um, and I think that, uh, so basket, um, I think capital, and I think the reality is that, you know, being an ironic absorption clay, we've started to see a number of these pop up um, I mean, 18 months ago, the market really didn't understand or, or you know, have any other um, companies out there that were pushing ionic adsorption clays. Now they're popping up everywhere, which is interesting to see. Um, but I think the reality is that, you know, when it comes to proven real ionic adsorption clays, um, you know, they're very easy to demonstrate if they are. And I think everyone knows um, that, uh, Makutu, we've done the work, we've got a project that's real and, uh, you know, we're two, um, 30 months away from ideally getting into production. So we've got a head start on, on a lot of these other companies. So, you know, these are the things that differentiate us from, from the rest of the market. Um, and, and, and I think realistically, we've got a great head start, we've got a great project, low capital requirement and a great basket. Like Tim, like, I appreciate you coming in and um, giving us an update on what's going on. Like I said, we had a great conversation last time out. I think people should go listen to that if you want to understand the business plan, the strategy. In fact, even a little bit about the basket of rare earths uh, as well and your strategy for, for getting it there. Um, Come back on, let us know how this drilling goes. I'm intrigued about this infill. I think it will really, really help people understand the scale of the opportunity here. So stay in touch and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.